Welcome to the Speak the Language podcast presented by Onyx Hunt. Today is a exciting day uh, for a lot of reasons, Brad. For one, for one, it's Halloween. Well, that's exciting. I was leaning more to how did it feel when you walked outside your door this morning and it wasn't eighty degrees. Well, it was in the forties, and and when I say Halloween is, of course, it's a fun time of year and. I guess all of us remember the fun times around Halloween, but as we've gotten older, mm-hmm. Halloween exactly means colder weather. And if you're in the Midwest, it means some pretty anticipated rut mm-hmm. beginnings, so to speak. You know, for us down here, we're still a month away from any of that. Any kind of rut. But, um, but it's, it's November, man. November is just good no matter what you I got do a, in the outdoor world. I got buddies right now that are hunting in Wisconsin, Iowa, you know, Missouri, all that kind of stuff, and they're they're going nuts right now. Because, I mean, from they've had uh, – well, I talked to a buddy in North Dakota last week. They had a big cold front. I think it's just now getting to us being 40. But they're already seeing bucks chasing and doing – november things had some pretty um pretty decent snowfall out west too i know i saw mm-hmm. montana down through wyoming colorado mm-hmm. i mean it's pretty widespread snow i talked to my, my buddy tyler webster on saturday and when i talked to him on saturday here it was 87 degrees and he was in fresh snow and it was 22 degrees ah. and i said man me and you living in a different world is he in montana he's in north dakota, oh, north he was, dakota. yeah he was bird hunting well, you we, know, we, we we don't have to worry about snow, but we do have a uh, uh, frost for the mm. next two two mornings, according to the forecast. I think it's going to be thirty one tonight, and then twenty eight, uh, which is great for November. I mean, that's several weeks ahead mm. of our normal frost time. So I want to talk about starting out, like what I drove up on when I got here this morning. So I drove to Five Mile. It's the Primos Camp where where y'all are at now. And when I pulled up here to record this podcast, there was tractors, there was trailers with bags of seed, there was <laughs> do all. <laughs> I mean, y'all look like y'all are getting ready to go. Oh, it looked like a. It's it, it isn't a commercial farm operation, but I feel like the last several years doing stuff on, on my personal place with the, all the primo stuff and then i have several other landowners i help i feel like i'm a commercial farmer but <laughs> i'm farming like 130 acres this year but it's in about seven counties at about an acre and a half a, a time <laughs> <laughs> which i love it it's just but this year has been a true challenge i think anybody across the country can relate for us i mean the mississippi river is is really low like mm. with all the years we were at Cottonmouth. It wasn't – if you take and combine six years at Cottonmouth, the river being 10 foot or below didn't add up to what it's been this summer at that low. It's um, been – so I was over on a place on the river that, that you're familiar with uh, two weeks ago now, and I have never seen the river that low with my eyes. It was uh, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah it's kind of – it's so low that, you know, a lot of the – so in Mississippi Delta where all the – commercial farm the grain is beans corn everything they grow through there you know they depend on those barges to ship that mm-hmm. and move that stuff out of the delta well this year the it's it's a problem because they can't you know they can't ship it up and down the river because it's so low yep. i mean you can get a few but, but it's not normal so everything's backed up so i was talking to when i was out there at that property i saw a, um there was a barge across the, you know looking across the island at the main channel yeah and i saw a barge sitting there uh and i said i said are they able to run barges he said they're dredging right now to be able and that guy was just at a standstill just waiting and that just i you know like you're saying talking about the cottonmouth days i saw a lot of barges 
you and I, but we all did. Never once did I see a barge. And I'm like, man, I hope that river's high enough for him to get through. <laughs> if anything, we're like, man, this river's too high. He's going to end up floating in our food plots. You know, there's there's pluses and minuses to everything. So on on the positive side of that, there's some, there's some land that's dried out that you know we went through th- so many wet years, and now it's just Mother Nature's way of mm-hmm. you know letting stuff start over and redo. And I mean, a lot of people are able to get to some areas to improve habitat timber wise that they mm-hmm. normally cannot because it just it didn't get this dry that often. No, so it's um it, it's got its good points, but it's got its bad points. But all in all, it's like you said, it's Halloween, it's November, and all of us guys that like to chase whitetails and waterfowl in the south, it's um, it's time to start it's, making stuff happen. Yeah, I mean, because everyone, I mean, even I've gotten out there a few times in the early parts of October bow hunting. I know you have. Some of it's just like it's deer season, and you just kind of feel like getting out there a little bit. But when this cold weather sets in, it actually feels like deer yeah. season. Well, we and just like this year, if you planted food plots, say, in early September, which we've done before, mm-hmm. you know, especially brassicas and stuff like that. And then normally our, our wheat, oats, you know, that, that that type of thing, usually plant from the middle to the end of September. Well, we're at, like I said, October 31st, and the people that planted the second week of September are in the same situation as we are here, and we had we just started planting yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it hadn't rained. If anything, a few places might have got some showers, and it, it it sprouted that seed. And a lot of those people are having to replant because mm-hmm. it ain't that the seed died. It's just it's so it's so dry. The deer just destroyed it. Yep. I mean, you know, when they just focus on it when it's that young, they pull it right out of the ground. Yeah, there ain't nothing else. Uh, yeah, I've seen. I mean, I'm used to food plots going in in October down here, but usually typically a little bit earlier than this but i mean what do you do it's been so dry mm-hmm. and then i mean well, i got a group of us and we we really serious on food plotters so to speak and you know now but regardless of the the um the moisture or whatever it's november you gotta you gotta get your plots in because it's gonna start raining it might not stop for two weeks and yeah. then, so we're just putting them in dry right now and just barely covering them and they're sitting in so they'll sit there for for weeks just mm-hmm. got to have the moisture and i i still believe if you try to push it too early you're you're better just to wait and i'd rather plant first week of november middle of november than i would you know plant too early and take a risk of worms getting it or mm-hmm. something like that it's just you know by by october 1st you better between october 1st and november 1st i think you got to pay attention to the weather yeah but it's time to to get stuff in the ground right what do you how many acres of food plots or acres worth of food plot do you think y'all have here at five mile um 30 30 between 30 and 31 i mean you know i just measure them off on you know on onyx you can take and measure every spot yep and and between 30 and 31 yeah you know i got enough seed fertilizer for, for 31 32 acres right so if i got a little bit left over i can always you know, mm-hmm. doubling a few smaller ones because they're going to get hammered anyway. Right. What are y'all planting? Um, so there's several new varieties that, that you know, from the Swamp Donkey line. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, we got three different types of clover, three different types of cereal grains, which is just a wheat, mm-hmm. um, a wheat, cereal rye, and oat mix yeah. that we're putting out. And then what we do, we go in there and we, 
prep the ground and sometimes you can drill it some people prefer to disc and i mean there's pros and cons to both of them i kind of like the old way of spraying and disking and going through the process it's more work more trips more fuel but i just like the way it ends up especially with the clover right and um of course that could be an argument among many on which is the best <laughs> process and to me it's it's enjoyable so that's part of part of my deer season yeah so i don't mind if it takes two days longer well, I always say, talk if it said if you want to hear a heated debate between hunters, you either talk to them about methods in training a dog or how they should plant their food plots, because <laughs> both of them are heavily opinionated yep. subjects, and some of them you, there's not necessarily a right or a wrong way, but you have been doing it long enough, you've kind of got your own kind of method figured out. Well, what I like to do is take your your grain, so to speak, your cereal grain type, your you know your cool season stuff mm-hmm. that you plant and disc it up smooth it plant it with the fertilizer and then lightly cover it then i go back with the clover and i just broadcast that right on top mm-hmm. and i don't touch that i just leave it on top you could roll it if you wanted to but yeah. either way and um man just 99 out of 100 times it it works great and then your clover's good and and, and yeah the clover's for the deer but mainly for me it's for the deer from january through june or july yeah and the turkeys, turkeys, which and and that's the main thing on what I'm focused on. The clover is really more for the last month of deer season, and mainly for turkey, and then the mm-hmm. the off season for the deer. Mm-hmm. Are y'all? So this is a, always a fun question. Yeah. So last year was the last year was the first year here at Five here, Mile, at right? Five Mile, yeah. Have y'all changed any food plots? Changed any stand locations on food plots? You always have like a learning year after year one. Have y'all done any big changes yet? Or are y'all kind of happy with where it's at? <laughs> okay (laughs) well let's see i spent a month on a bulldozer here in july so that'll tell you exactly okay (laughs) we had a lot of changes yeah yeah not that the way it was wasn't good parts of it was good but we just kind of fine-tuned it and made it a little more bow friendly Mm. for us uh, a little more video friendly and for different winds it was you know people that owned this before it was just a um a man and his wife and they and he had two daughters and this was they were the only one that hunted here right so it was fixed up great but they were mainly they were bow hunting a little bit but it was mainly gun hunting so we just kind of tweaked it for more bow stuff a little more wind options and um you changed some food plots made some new ones made some smaller um made some new roads to get to certain places that Mm -hmm. we figured out you always learn it the first year yeah um you know on the on my whitetail property side of what i do that's one thing i always recommend to people when they buy new land is like look it you can go in and do all you want and it's your place do what you want but mm. before you make major changes man go through a year go through one <laughs> hunting season and learn where your deer are where they go you know you're going to learn a lot just by going through one hunting season mm. and then you'll know really how to better position yeah. a food plot based on where they bed where they move you know you just learn more about your place yeah and you can make better decisions i think yeah i mean well i can just look at it through i remember our first year at cottonmouth i remember our first year at kudzu and then the first year here just that i don't call it's not a trial and error year it's just it's a learning year yeah. it's a heavy heavy learning year and we got pictures of some really nice bucks this year and you know we we didn't shoot any great big deer last year we shot several management deer mm uh we had two or three on camera that we wanted to shoot we just never did yeah. um 
never got a shot at them. So this year we hope to be able to get two places where we know some maturity are, but now we can come to them from a whole different way without spooking, you know, yeah. half of let's say say if you got a hundred acre block, we were having to come in. Just one example, we were coming in say from the from the north, and pretty much probably blowing out half of that getting in there. Yep. Where now we made a new road in there. We can come in from the south. I mean, and we don't think we're going to spook anything. And the wind's perfect, and it's just, it's just that fine tuning I'm talking about, that tweaking. And we didn't know that last year, but we mm. know it this year. Access is man. So it, it is crazy how much as simple as access can affect the I hunt. I mean, well, you think about if you walk in a place and you spook one deer, that deer goes running. Well, two or three more deer get spooked, and before you know it, you know you you done you done messed up that whole block of woods mm-hmm. and then when you're talking about a five-year-old deer six-year-old deer he he don't mess around you just don't know how much he's going to tolerate yeah he's know. not going to tolerate that much now in our early days when we spent tons of time in in illinois iowa kansas the difference in a five-year-old six-year-old deer there and here is mm-hmm. i mean they're still mature smart animals but man those those midwestern deer just move more than these southern mm-hmm. bucks do um terrain some of it you take a big deer here and and you might you're gonna get trail cam pictures of him just like you do in the midwest but they're mostly gonna be at night mm-hmm. until you get to the rut typically or right before the rut same way up there but i know guys they, they'll be hunting a, a, a deer and they'll see him you know seven eight nine ten days in a row mm-hmm. man you hunt a deer here you see him one day that's pretty it's just different. It's just different deer, well, different terrain, different territory. So, talk. You want to go way back in the in the archives? You remember Rocker? Yeah. How many times did we physically lay eyes on him? You and I hunted that deer for three years, mm-hmm. and we saw him one time in daylight. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's all I remember. I don't remember. We saw him at one time in the secret bottom. That's when. That's when and, we yeah, fall on a doe. And I thought you were going to shoot him that day, and he. I guess the doe took him another. Yeah. And then we saw him one more time in the i think however old he that was the most we'd ever seen him let his guard down he came out in the secret food plot with us oh we were bow hunting it was too we, far yeah he was yep. like 70 yards and we were in that little island in that lock yep. on i forgot we saw him with the bow and then jimmy snuck in there the next weekend and yeah. took him out with the boom but stick we, we never even seen him in that <laughs> but i think he just was let i don't know if he was getting older and just was letting his guard up a little bit but i mean yeah three years of hunting that deer we saw him twice yeah you know it's so fun these white tails and going around talking to people and and about all the different things that we've you know elk wise turkey wise deer wise and they say what's your favorite if you could you know just pick one thing to hunt and i would probably say it'd be whitetail but it wouldn't be the hunting part it would be the whitetail game part (laughs) which is because it's a year-round thing to think about to do you can do something for whitetails 12 months out of the year Mm-hmm. Unless you're on the river and it's up for six months, then you got to. Then you can't do that. <laughs> you can't yeah. do that. Well, that's why, because I know I know that about you. That's why I ask if y'all made any changes here at Five Mile. I didn't know what those changes were, but I'm like, I know Brad well enough to know he's made some sort of changes between year one. Like y'all watched something, seen something, y'all figure out. All right, this is something we can do better to whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The, the the change a lot of plots, change a lot of road, new roads, access, and then I also put out fifty fifty eight tons of lime. Mm. on the plots too yeah just to try to get you know everything we can to give the deer 
I mean, if we, I feel like we have to do our part in giving them the best we can give them. The way Mother Nature turns them out, that's that's nothing we can control. But yeah. what we can control is that we give them food and cover. And the food that we grow for them, we give that ground everything it needs to 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 grow the best, whether it's a native plant mm-hmm. or um, something that we plant for them. Summertime crop, right. wintertime crop, whatever. Right. Did y'all have the same acreage of food plots last year, or did y'all add on at all? No, I added probably about six. Okay. Just six. Is yeah. it just an, is a new plot or just adding to an existing one? Well, some of both. Like okay. some some new, more, little small, like what I call hunting plots. Like bow plots? Like bow, yeah, places that are more strategically placed for for hunting. Like if one comes out there, mm-hmm. it's good chance if you're bow hunting, you'll get a shot at him because – we got this beaver pond in the middle of the place, and, man, they come around the end of it big time. And we didn't have anything to hunt there last year and didn't find it till later in the season. Mm-hmm. So I went in there with a plot, and, and and I like to go find a tree and build a plot around a certain tree and a certain wind. Mm. So now you get on the edge of that beaver pond, the wind's blowing across the water. They come around the end of it, and the plot's right there. So, yeah, they could get behind us, but it's likely they won't. Right. And if we can just get, them, get a shooter buck to follow a doe in that plot one evening – you know it's a real chance you'll it's get a shot at it. it yeah yeah y'all uh i know the answer to this question too i just don't know how many how y'all running trail cameras on here pretty substantially or no yeah well J- justin and uh slade have got i'm gonna say they got 15 out right now okay but you know i guess total acreage here that we hunt is right around 1270 or 1290 so um you know they got them on plots and not much on the plots yet, obviously, because we're just starting to plant them. But they've been putting different minerals and different swamp donkey products, testing stuff, and right. we got no, that's where they've been getting the pictures of the the big ones, the big ones, yeah. yeah. And, and and we're not seeing a lot yet. I mean, the cameras are pretty quiet overall because I mean the acorns just now started falling. Now it's been pretty wet, but good good thing about here, we got a creek here called Five Mile Creek, which is why it's named Five Mile, mm-hmm. and it 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 still has water in it. Okay, and I've never really seen a year in Mississippi where water was as important as it is out west. And, man, if you got a little pond or, or a lake or a, a spring head or something with water, it's almost as, it's almost mm. like, I mean, sitting sitting over a feeder, so, <laughs> so to speak. They coming. <laughs> so I've got uh, permission to place – we've been hunting on this place along the Big Black River, um, and there's a spot where there's – I mean, it's like a – like a quarter acre pond still got water in it mm-hmm. and and the tracks around that pond it looked like it's a feed trough but like you said it's like I, i'm used to you think about it makes me think about you when you and i were elk hunting in arizona and you saw how reliant those elk were on those water tanks oh, man. i've ne- to, water's never been that i can remember i've never seen it be this much of an issue mm-hmm. you know food water cover it's like we never really had to worry about the water part but it's so dry dry summer i can i can remember i'm sure we've had a summer this dry before in my lifetime but i can't remember one i can't remember. since i really paid attention to moisture as we yeah, have this year it's been absolutely crazy you know talking about water holes in the little pond jimmy primos was here hunting with justin two weeks ago and they were hunting a water hole and man it was just and this is why we don't hunt much in october yeah i mean some people you know they work monday through friday and they don't have but a day or two a week to hunt so it's i mean I, look i'm for you I, i'd go too but man i just got into where when it's hot and that wind swifting i mean swifting switching 
back and forth and and that's what happened to justin and jimmy they they were on deer both times at these water holes mm-hmm. but the those thermals and that those wind swapping i mean they they blew them up both times yeah so jimmy said all right i'm done let's go <laughs> <laughs> you know how jimmy do well i just I, I swung by the office earlier in october and I was talking to Slay. I said, where's Justin? I said, him and Jimmy are hunting. And I started laughing. I said, I know Jimmy couldn't stand it. He had to get out there. Which, same deal. So, uh, Austin Seals, you, you know Austin. He was chomping at the bit. He wanted to go hunt at this spot. And honestly, I mean, you know this. I I pretty much, I think I deer hunted three or four times all last season. I just didn't go that much. Yeah. Well, this year... I just my my spark to go deer hunting just kind of reinvigorated a little bit and so you know i'd gone out there and hanging some stands and it'd been a while since i'd hung some stands i was like man i'm enjoying this you know and so austin wanted to go hunt i was like yeah we'll go hunting and well, not to bring up the fact that you did miss an elk this year and your freezer's low so that might be one reason you're kind of oh my bad go ahead. <laughs> low blow man <laughs> was low, low blow hey but 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 i missed one too yeah, I was about to say, you just had another opportunity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I gave you half my up. And, and <laughs> there, was a, there was nothing but air and opportunity on yours. I hit a limb. I got a little bit of an excuse. <laughs> oh, we had fun. Okay. You, you know how hunting buddies do. You got you to gotta uh, throw, throw that jab when you can. So, anyhow, yeah, my freezer's not as full as it usually is. And uh, Austin wanted to go hunting. And uh, so, we go out there. And I was instantly reminded. I mean, I think this was in like the first week of October. And we get out there and we're hunting. And uh, I in, like we have this doe try to come in. And it's one of those deer. Like you just see your jerker head up and then booger out. And Austin's like, what happened? I said, wind must have got her. And I said, I, I said, Austin, it's been long. You know, I was like, I, I haven't been deer hunting like I used to. I said, but it's a, if, you can almost count on it here at least. If you're if you're hunting in October, and the wind forecast says five miles an hour or less, it's gonna swirl. Like it's gonna switch. It's gonna like swirl. even if it's five, if it gives you that five to ten, it's it, by, by it, the last hour. It, it's, it's gonna, gonna be, swirl. Yep. And I, I said, man, I done forgot. <laughs> you forgot about the wind swirl. Huh? Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> wind swirl, man. Wind swirl. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what Jimmy used to tell Lake all the time. Yeah. I I used to have I got it somewhere, but I have this this like two minute long video clip of jimmy just turning around looking at the camera and going winch world winch world yes it's um you know i've hunted two days since we got back from elk hunting in mississippi and they both both days were back to back on my personal place and it was a it was a a pretty strong front we had it was Mm -hmm. in the 40s both nights and we had good north wind and i went two afternoons and the first afternoon i saw i don't remember six six or seven does and and yearlings and no buck had pictures of a buck there at night and i didn't shoot anything hoping that buck would come and i went the next afternoon and i'm sitting there i let the first few does go and i'm thinking man this is october <laughs> you don't have any daylight pictures of this buck you need to be shooting does yeah. trying to get ahead of the game so i ended up shooting a doe and it was fun i mean i had a ball and you just they just don't move much even though yeah. even though we had good weather you know yeah. and, and a lot of times you know i think the juries up there they're some of the masters at knowing figuring out where to hunt when to hunt how to hunt on mm-hmm. certain winds and even they depend on those big fronts on those early season deer mm-hmm. up there and you can try that here and it, it can definitely give you some i think some advantage 
But you just, man, these yeah. these jokers just don't move much in October. So we were I hunted a second time. This time Hunter Ferrier was with me, and we'd had a like a like a really nice eight point on this camera, primarily at dark, you know, as they do. And this deer come out, and there's a doe in there. And I told Hunter I'm about to shoot this doe. I was like, oh. Come on, man! That buck's gonna come. It's like, no, he's not. Like, <laughs> he's gonna come. He's gonna be an hour after dark. He, we ain't gonna be in this tree set. So I let that doe. I, I, but I, you know, I waited. He wanted me to wait, and so he did not come. A couple of days later, I said, "I'm letting y'all know I'm going to hunt, and I'm shooting a doe. Like yep. I'm going, I'm going doe hunting." <laughs> well, you know, they made several years ago. They made feeding legal in Mississippi, and. It's legal to hunt over feed as long as it comes out of a spin cast yep, feeder yep. or in a trough feeder. Mm-hmm. You can't go dump a bag of corn or a bag of rice bran or a bag of protein feed on the ground. That's mm-hmm. illegal. I mean, you can't, you know, they'll write you a ticket if they catch you doing that. Right. But, and the reason I'm saying all this is Mississippi started a velvet season, was it last year or two years ago? Uh, last year was, was the first year. Was the first year. Yep. Well, man, there's some people killing some really Giants. giant, big, nice yeah. bucks early before they, and, and, per, per, I'm gonna say 99 percent of them are shooting them over feed. I would think so. And, and look, if if they're not not knocking anybody that does either way, yeah. my point is, is that once that velvet's gone, like that velvet season, like mid September, and then once October one gets here, most of our bucks are completely out of velvet by about the sixth or seventh of October, mm-hmm. typically. And man, once that velvet's gone, that deer changes, Very. feed or no feed. Yeah, you know, you still have some advantage, I think, if you got some coming, especially on a dry year like we have now. But um, it just goes to show how even when you got them on a feed pattern, literally at a feeder, and they, that velvet's gone, and they start busting up, they change it still completely. Changes, yeah. And it's it's funny watching, like, on social media and stuff, and pictures we get at Primos, people that have success, and you, you like you said, you see all them first pictures come in with all them velvet deer, and then. Man, it just kind of like it dwindles. It goes away. I mean, you get a picture here, picture there, picture here in the south, and then all of a sudden, once you get on into December, they then you really start seeing them again. Yeah. Well, we used. To, I mean, it, we used to do that at Cottonmouth, and that when we were hunting the early season, when it come about December, when I rut, you'd start being, you'd start checking the cameras, going, "Where'd that deer come from? Yeah. Where'd that deer come from? Where'd that deer come from?" Well, you know, and we, and even on the river, those deer move a little different on the river than they do in the hills, and just we've noticed that from hunting so much but even there when we hunted hard and i mean it'd be we'd have three three crews two or three crews for three or four days every week you know will was there jimmy mm-hmm. me you troy jordan um slade would be there some and and i think we added up how many mature bucks we killed over six years and i think it was four in the mornings in october yeah yeah it was pitiful yeah and that's that. You that first second year we were hunting every day in the morning. Was it mornings for four, or like for the whole month? Four. Oh, I don't remember. I think it was for the whole month. Now we did have some crop fields there, so we had some advantages on yeah. some afternoon hunts. Yeah, but it wasn't many deer. It was late November, December, January when we made our hay. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, it's just fun, kind of going through the seasons and then watching you know how they progress but and then when you start managing deer and there's so many people doing it now so much great information that you can go to online on youtube watch read learn and the anticipation of watching those deer go through the year letting them go find their sheds okay you made it you know and then you got to wait till here in mississippi you usually wait till about the middle of july end of july to put a, start putting cameras out mm-hmm. and then you 
There he is. Dang, look how big he is. Look how much he grew. Dang, he didn't do nothing. We should have shot him last year. (laughs) (laughs) You know? It's just the technology with cameras. Just like the stuff that y'all are doing now. And and you were showing me some stuff earlier, and I'm not completely plugged into it yet, but the way you can take these – the Bushnell cameras and link them up to Onyx. Yeah. And it's just an automatic deal. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It makes it to where I, I'm sure probably uh, Justin's probably got it linked up on his phone. But it, it, it so all the Bushnell cameras that are run out here, um, the way you can do it on Onyx now is you can, you can, it, it, they do it, they have it worked out pretty simple. If you have the Bushnell app, it'll have an option on there that says send to Onyx. And what it'll does is it links that camera directly to your Onyx app and makes a waypoint where the camera is so you know you don't have to drop the waypoint manually the waypoint pops up where the camera is and then all the photos go straight to your app so you don't have to bounce back and forth between the two so you can just look at everything through the onyx app yep because you know we both know as well as anybody how addicting it can be especially i mean cell cameras have changed the game you don't have to go and pull manual cards anymore unless i mean unless you have a you know one of those style cameras but you sit there and get those pictures sent to your phone it's addicting it's like yeah. playing a game you sit there scroll through them but now you can do that directly on on the app oh last year i had mine on like instant notification yeah and i had to do like one a day because yeah. it was i would spend all i mean i would constantly looking at it and i was like no i just did it one time a day. Well, when we first got that feature going i yeah i eventually had to like turn my phone off do not disturb because i couldn't quit looking at it yeah. like i'd kept it oh <laughs> <laughs> well i do know being a part of primos and then obviously you're a part of primos and on x2 now that i know y'all been working on this for quite a while mm-hmm. and it is pretty pretty dead gum slick what y'all put together and you can do that it's just it's just that man it makes it that much easier that much more organized mm-hmm. and that much more fun to yeah to utilize we're just i mean we're trying to over at on x we're trying to facilitate needs that not just a hunter has but we're trying to specify it to like what's a whitetail hunter in central mississippi like we are what does that guy need and we know how how eccentric we are about our trail cameras and our whitetail deer and so that's oh yeah a need we're trying to fulfill well you you always make fun of me and will and jimmy but mainly <laughs> me and will about you know our technology yeah i don't is it technology what's a good word technology um stubbornness yeah you're yeah you just <laughs> you, you don't want to conform to the new ways <laughs> so this is what i need you to do since you are very much in the techie world <laughs> i need you to somehow link my phone to Justin's phone where I can get all these pictures and not have to go through all that stuff. I can do that. Can you do that? Yeah, I can actually. <laughs> yeah, there's a way to do that. Because you got to watch these deer camp boys. You know how they are. They might keep one in their pocket here and there. You'd be you? sitting there and then if, if, you know, Justin gets to take Jimmy somewhere, you're like, where are you taking him? And he comes back with this buck that you didn't even know about and he's been watching him on the camera the whole time. Which, yeah. <laughs> well, you know Jimmy. If that ain't a picture of a shooter buck, Jimmy, like, where the picture at? Yeah, right. you got any pictures? I ain't going to pay no pictures. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he do. you're gonna look at you so jimmy we're gonna hunt this spot it's awesome there's some water oak acorns are dropping and he's gonna go we got any pictures well no <sighs> well, he, 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 you know everybody's so addicted to trail cameras and, and i love them as much as anybody but just what you can learn mm-hmm. what i've learned about specific deer like mainly on my personal places just because i look i monitor it so closely that you might have one deer he's all over the diggum farm mm-hmm. and then you got another deer like even during the rut 
he hardly ever leaves 40 acres. And um, that that and, and learning their personalities and watching, you got I, I done got a thing where, man, I am after these five-year-old eight points now because <laughs> they are mean, most of them, and they're pushing yeah. these younger up-and-comers around, and those are the ones I'm after. Those are on your list. Well, it's cool because you can learn them. <laughs> you know, you figure them out and yeah. watch them and learn which ones are, yeah. the, are the mean because they're just like people. I mean, you got some guys that are, you know, quiet and they kind of keep to themselves, and you got other guys that are, Mm-hmm. The life of every party, they they all over the room. Yeah, well, so. again, no, I never learned uh, I, the the buck that first taught me more about that bucks can have different personalities was Rocker. Yeah, he was one of them forty acre bucks. I never learned. Yeah. I, I learned so much from that deer. Until then, I thought all bucks acted all the same all the time. And then Rocker, he had he taught me something different. It, and the fact is, many cameras are reran on Cottonmouth. He never showed up, but in one or two places. Remember, he he had it seemed to have just like the tightest core area where he would hang out. Even certain bucks that you would get in that same secret bottom, we would get in two or three other food plots around. Like he would never show up. That there. we'd have yeah, we'd have cameras on the north end of the secret bottom. Not a single picture of Rocker. Yep, ever. I don't know. It's just it's this fun deal, and y'all just keep making it easier, and cameras keep getting better, and through the the apps like onyx and it's just and you can sit in a stand and look at stuff and scout and man i think back to we all do maybe not the younger guys but how did we on a new piece of property how did you even scout with a paper map back in those days man i i mean i think it's just the fast-paced world and then like how squeezed everyone is for time these days there's a place that uh there's a stand me and austin and i hung we called it we're calling it the oak funnel and I, I kid, I mean, this is, I mean, it is a plug for Onyx, but this is, I mean, this is legitimately what happened. I, we didn't have long, first year hunting this place. There's a layer in Onyx called Acre and Producing Oaks. Don't ask me what technology they use to do that, but you turn the layer on, it shows you squares pop up where your acorn trees are. And so I looked in there and it says, looks, looks like there's some acorn trees right in here. And then I could also see looking at the map, looked like some younger stage timber going into some older growth stuff. So I got an edge and I got an acorn tree. Walked in there. There's my edge. There's a water oak tree. Hung a stand right there. And then, boom, we started getting pictures of deer immediately. And now, I mean, years ago, before all that, I may have found that spot eventually, but not that quick. Well, what I like, I, th- I think the biggest advantage to that, yeah, you could, we, we, and we did find stuff with paper maps by walking and looking and spending a lot more time in the woods. But now, and there's places I will not – even consider going unless a deer shot and we're trailing it right yeah it's just a sanctuary i stay out of it at all costs mm-hmm. but what's cool with what you're talking about is you can get in there and you can see exactly what you're looking for and with with minimal minimal mm-hmm. intrusion yep or spooking deer and even better than that is my favorite feature is and you just showed me this the other day is called recent imagery yeah that's like, cool isn't it uh, how how much does it update every few weeks every two weeks every two to be. weeks so. and then it has historical look back which is pretty cool you can go back and see all the older images so i was looking at the other day you, i kept watching this pond get lower and lower because <laughs> we ain't had any rain well the recent imagery is cool because if you got somebody cutting timber mm-hmm. if you're if you're clearing ground if, i mean you can literally see that like everything we did in july that's new on five mile we can go right there and look at everything we did on the app yeah all the new roads the plots, I mean, that's, everything that's pretty cool right there it's cool and 
I say all this like this is cool stuff and this helps hunters. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one one thing that we'll always had us do over the years is is whatever our, our mission was to have fun and help people have fun mm-hmm. in the outdoors yep. and you know and you can just do this stuff and if you're limited because we work so much now and you got one day to hunt well you always have 15 minutes to get on your phone whether it's early in the morning when you wake up or right before you go mm-hmm. to bed but you can just do stuff and and make your limited time a lot more productive and you know, mm-hmm. it's just it's just the way technology is. It's, no time it's wasted. Not only make it more productive, but you can also put less pressure on your place. Mm-hmm. And I don't care. You talk to any elk hunter, whitetail hunter, any hunter, duck hunter, pressure is the worst. Yeah. If you can minimize pressure in no matter if you're on 40 acres or 400 or 4,000, it's going to be better. Mm-hmm. No, no questions. Hundred percent. Yep. Well, speaking about new roads and food plots and pressure, I, 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 I promised you I'd keep it short today because y'all got to. Yeah, well, some of them are already getting after it, but you got to go hop on a tractor. Well, I got to go check on. Them. You got to, because there's a few places that I don't want them to go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we'll wrap this one up. Uh, all right, guys, I appreciate the conversation. As always, if you have any questions, uh, you can hit up the Primo's page or my personal uh, page on Instagram, whichever. Uh, And, yeah, we'll see you all back here next time. As always, thank you for listening to the Speak the Language podcast.